you can make a video and have a million people see it, but if they are not really engaged, have you changed any lives? Whereas if you make something and your 20 closest friends see it, uh, or you make something and the uh, weightlifting community you're a part of sees it, you can have a much deeper impact because people want to hear stories from people they trust. They want to hear stories from people who are like them in some important way. And I, I think focusing on that to begin with, you can have a real impact. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What's good, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Vegan Manly Man podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for being here. On this show, we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. I got tons of awesome guests who come on the show, and I also do solo episodes where I talk about self-growth topics, vegan topics, whatever is really on my mind, honestly. So I appreciate you guys if you're listening for the first time. Hopefully, you stick around. For those who are returning listeners, I just want to let you guys know you always hear me ask about leaving a review for the show on iTunes if you are an Apple user. I have made this easier for you in the show notes. There is a link now that you can click. It simply says leave a review here. Click on the link um, with the word here and it will take you directly to leave a review. It takes literally guys 20 seconds to just hit that five star. It really helps me out so much uh, with the show to be able to get it shown more when you search up vegan podcasts, that kind of thing. So if you want to help spread the message of self-growth, plant-based living, and love, compassion, and peace, leave me a rating and review. I will love you forever, even more so than I already do. Thank you guys. All right, enough of the housekeeping. Today's guest owns a production studio in Los Angeles called Pollution Studios, where he has worked with brands like Beyond Meat, Sun Warrior, Follow Your Heart, Farm Sanctuary, and Gardein, just to name a few, as well as celebrities and influencers like Kevin Smith, John Sally, David Carter, and Genesis Butler. He has hosted events like Vegan Prom and the Rescue Dog Runway Show to highlight the party side of being vegan and all the amazing aspects aspects of this lifestyle. With the goal to help brands expand their ethical and eco messages through professional media, he uses storytelling to inspire people to make positive changes in their lives, specifically in reducing their animal consumption. You may also recognize his work from the Switch for Good campaign, an initiative that is basically the opposite of Got Milk, using professional athletes to educate people about the dangers of dairy and the benefits of switching to a plant-based milk. His name is Asher Brown, and I hope you guys enjoy his interview. I will talk to you on the next episode. Enjoy. Asher Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come on and talk with me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. I got uh, connected to you through a mutual friend, uh, Jason Robel. And as soon as I kind of looked up all all the things that you're doing with uh, with Pollution Studios and the Switch for Good campaign, I thought that you'd be a perfect guest for the show. So I'm really excited to dive into your mind and, and hear your story about how you got into those things and, and share that with the listeners as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share. I, I was always a, a shy vegan and I realized that the more I speak out, the more I can help the movement. So I'm yeah, definitely. 
I think that's uh, I think that's a lot of people when they switch to this lifestyle is they tend to be a little bit shy because there's that social stigma that surrounds this lifestyle so much, and uh, it can be hard to not only make such a stand that is what most of the world doesn't believe in, but to then actively you know voice your opinion on it uh, can be really challenging and kind of daunting. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, I think I think the biggest challenge really is. Uh, normalizing this. Uh, it's not a, a fringe movement. It's not something that only some people can benefit from. Uh, any kind of person who believes in any kind of thing can benefit from a more plant-based world. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So I was, before this uh, podcast, I was watching through some of the videos that you've done um, at Pollution Studios with Pollution TV. And I, I, first of all, I just have to say, man, I think they're fantastic. Um, I watched the episode of the High Cuisine. That was really funny. Um, but also you have a couple, um, you've done a couple music videos from, from some bands that I used to listen to, the used Attack Attack. So I was really surprised to see those on there. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we came up doing music videos and then transitioned into commercials and branded work. And so nice. I'll still do, you know, some Google commercials every year, some, some big things uh, for, for international companies. And uh, the realization I had about five years ago was that I and these amazing creative filmmakers who I work with, if, if we take the skills we're using to sell bottled water or to sell, you know, hats and we use it to sell the movement, then we, we can really make a big difference because veganism is not just about doing good. Uh, I think it's actually a really cool way to think about the world and the, the people who are leading this movement, I think are, are role models that everybody should really connect with. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, let's dive, uh, let's dive right into this, man. Cause I start all my guest interviews with a really deep question and we'll get to know kind of what you're about here on earth. And then we'll kind of unwind from there and see how you got to that point. So my first question for you is what is your mission statement for life? What do you want to achieve here while you're on earth? Yeah, I want to change the way the world eats. And more specifically, I want to identify the people and companies who are doing the most work to change the way the world eats. And I want to support them and I want to connect them and I want to help them tell their story in a way that reaches mass audiences and pushes those audiences to contemplate real change. Yeah, so kind of being that... Um not necessarily the middleman, but these companies that are so big and established already helping them to really put out a good message with the platform that they have established. Yeah. And I actually think, I think of myself as a middleman a lot. So I I have a 30,000 square foot studio in LA uh, that I think of kind of as a, as like a workshop, you know, around in the 1700s and I wanted to change the world. I'd run a printing press. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, in the day we are now, it's a having a, a video studio. So we have stages, we have equipment. And on the one hand are all these amazing content creators and impactors and influencers who just have these incredible stories to tell and really understand how to connect with audiences. And on the other hand, you have brands, you have nonprofits uh, who, who need to connect and they need their story to be heard. And I think me in the middle, connecting them together, providing them with the resources to create something bigger slicker, more polished, uh, that, that in of itself feels like enough of a job. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. If you were uh, trying to change the world in the 1700s, be, be, a, uh, making a print press. That's, that's really, that's really funny. But, um, no, I, th- I think that's amazing, man, for sure. Um, it's, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm very jealous that you have the studio cause <laughs> sometimes it's hard when I'm trying to make videos and I got my little, you know, 
15 square foot bedroom here. But um, so no, I, I just think that that's such a, a great place to start is I kind of you have like a blank canvas for these these creatives to come in. And like you said, tell those stories that, that need to be told. So um, um, very commendable uh, for what you're doing, man. So yeah, for sure. So talk about life growing up and what led you to become a vegan? I'm always interested in, in people's vegan story because sometimes they're similar, but sometimes people have some really unique stories. So, Yeah. So, so I, I grew up in Philadelphia um, and uh, went to a, a Quaker school. So we studied a lot on nonviolence. Um, also uh, raised Jewish. So talk a lot about questioning authority. And then uh, my, I come from a family of scientists. So, so there's this belief that uh, everything should be supported with evidence. Mm. So uh, when I was nine years old, I met a vegetarian. And I, I'd, never, I'd never even thought of that before, that that was a thing that you could do. And uh, it just instantly connected to me that I, I like being alive. And if an animal likes being alive, even just a little bit as much, then, then who was I to eat that animal just because I liked how it tasted? Yeah. Uh, and then I was a, a vegetarian for a very long time. And, you know, I sort of had this, this mistaken belief that a lot of people have, like, oh, you know, cows live these great lives and uh, you know, chickens want you to eat their eggs. And, and I, I was very comfortable in that bubble uh, in a way that, that I think I have a lot of compassion for people who live in their own bubbles because I, I lived in that one for so long and I, I'm sure I have other other bubbles that I'm still living in. Um, and then in my in my early 20s, my my younger sister went vegan, and I, I didn't know any vegans. You know, I knew Moby, but I thought, what, what a weird thing to do. And I, I said, why are you vegan? And and she challenged me. She said, I'm vegan for all the reasons that you're a vegetarian. And, mm. uh, and a, a light switch went off. And okay, I'm I'm a, a vegan now. Uh, and then. Even then, though, I, I was the, the quiet vegan, the shy vegan. I was the, the person that would go to a restaurant and say, I'm so sorry that you don't have any food that I can eat. I'm so sorry that the first three times you brought me this dish, it had food on it that I asked you not to bring me. You know, can I have some water? I, I was very, very shy, very apologetic, very, very much felt like what I ate made me apart from the people I wanted to connect to. Yeah, and then uh, about five or six years ago, I started working for Beyond Meat, and I started working with a bunch of social media influencers, and I started getting active in the Instagram and Facebook vegan communities, and I, I realized that uh, I don't need to be quiet. That there's so many people out there just like me, and the louder I am, the the more comfortable they feel being loud themselves. And, yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. And and um, and so so I you know I try to be respectful, but but I understand that if I go into a restaurant and I, I can tell them who I am, then that that could make a small difference. And even little things like posting pictures of my food on Instagram, you know that that's activism in a, a small way, yeah. but in an important way. Yeah. So you made the the connection at least to you know, um, empathy for animals quite young. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of just got stuck like a lot of people do. And then, and then finally made the switch as you, yeah. as you were challenged. Yeah. And, and I, I feel, I feel like, like I, I won the lottery. So I, I stopped doing this because I didn't want to kill animals. 
And then, and then as I've gotten older, it's like, and I'm healthier and I'm better for the planet and I'm being more compassionate to people. It's like all these benefits that I, I didn't even know about when I signed up and yeah. And I, you know, it's kind of the best club you could be a part of. <laughs> yeah. I think we all feel that way. And, you know, I, I transitioned for health reasons and then learned shortly after about the ethical implications yeah. of, um, eating animal products. And then of course the environmental and then so many other things. And just my life has been enriched in so many ways from this lifestyle. So couldn't agree more. So you were working for Beyond Meat. Um, were you doing like film and media creation um, for them at the time? How did you get into your your journey into the film and, and media side? Yeah, so so I, I was already producing and I already had a production company when I started working with Beyond Meat. And I, we were doing music videos, we were doing commercial work. You know, we weren't taking clients who we disagreed with, but we weren't actively seeking out clients who were mission aligned. Yeah. So again, things like, you know, I have nothing against Google, you know, somebody's got to make their commercials. Uh, I can, I can pay my crew when I do those. Uh, but I, I was connected to Beyond Meat uh, in the very early days. You know, they were still in kind of a, a one, one room warehouse in El Segundo and um, hadn't yet connected on social media. They didn't have their Beyond Burger. And uh, we, we sort of helped them do a couple of big social media campaigns. We helped launched the Beyond Burger. We have launched their Veggie Grill partnership. Um, I, I realized that the videos that I was doing for them were so much more rewarding because I can make the world better mm. for helping people to buy products that align with their values. Yeah. And, th- and then once I, once I did the Beyond Meat, I was like, okay, who else can I work for? And I, mm. you know, I started the chain reaction. And so now, you know, we've shot for Beyond, we've shot for Impossible, Follow Your Heart, Go Dean, So Delicious, uh, you know, probably close to 50 brands at this point and 40 or 50 animal and human rights nonprofits. Wow. That's amazing. And it all started with, you know, having that first one that made yeah. you feel like, wow, I can actually make a difference with what I already know how to do and apply it to, you know, my other passions in life and my morals and my ethics. So yeah. that's, uh, that's kind of the, <laughs> the golden formula right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel very, very blessed. So did you go to film school? Um, you know, what got you into film and media creation? Yeah, I, I studied film undergrad at Wesleyan. Uh, I'd always been a, a science person. Uh, and working on my first film project was sort of a, a, a light bulb moment. You know, I like, I like telling stories and I like making the world better. And, and through film, I can tell stories that can help improve the world and, uh, I came, came out to L.A., uh, got into the lighting union pretty quickly so that I could be on set, so I could see how a big TV show was organized, how a mm. you know, multi-hundred million dollar feature film was organized, and then took those skills and launched Pollution Studios, which is sort of a, a web-sized version of like a Paramount. You know, but, but still the same idea is that you need centralized resources so that you know, someone like you, for example, who wants to shoot something, you don't have to ramp up from zero. You can come into us and we, we can help you and focus on what's really important, which is the creative, which is the storytelling. Mm, not yeah. all the logistical things that end up bogging everybody down. Yeah. How have, um, speaking of which, okay, because this is something I'm very interested in. Um, like, let's say for the average person who's looking into using storytelling 
to do like vegan activism or, or, or share something important with the world, you know, where do they start when it comes to kind of producing like high quality content that's going to be seen, you know, as opposed to just grabbing your cell phone or recording something you're like, like, where's that kind of that line that you kind of either stay below or you, or you jump over because, you know, it's, you pick up a camera and, you know, as somebody who's interested in, in film myself, um, you know, it, I'm still learning so much and I've been doing professional photography for the past couple of years, but let's just say like the average person picks up a camera, like I can feel like that's very daunting, but maybe they don't have necessarily the funds to go somewhere. So like, like what's your advice to people if they want to start creating like higher quality media to really tell their story? Yeah. Yeah. To, to just do it, you know, just jump, jump right in. You know, I'm, I'm still learning my, my productions get bigger and better all the time, but the, piece that people really connect to is not the expensive part more. Mm. And anybody with enough budget can make something look beautiful, but it takes a lot of work and passion and talent to tell a story that will connect with somebody. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, that I've seen bloggers talking into their phones do amazing work on. And uh, I, I think there's this myth that something needs to be big and it needs to have huge amounts of views for it to be impactful. Yeah. I would actually flip that around that having spent a lot of time studying this, when you ask people what, what was it that got you to change your lifestyle habits, whether it's diet or exercise or anything, more often than not, there's somebody close to them who they look up to and listen to who is talking about that. And so mm. you can make a video and, have a million people see it, but if they're not really engaged, have you changed any lives? Whereas if you make something and your 20 closest friends see it, uh, or you make something and the uh, weightlifting community you're a part of sees it, you can have a much deeper impact because people want to hear stories from people they trust. They want to hear stories from people who are like them in some important way. And I think focusing on that to begin with, you can have a real impact right away. And, and I, I see that in my life. You know, I spend all this time and effort on the big projects, but what really has the most impact is my friends from college who follow me on Instagram and they see me talking about what I eat. And then one day they say, you know what? I had a kid. I want to eat well. What should I do? And they, mm -hmm. and they call me up and that that's the, that's the interaction that's really going to change their life. And that, that didn't take any production skills. It just took storytelling and a little bit of willingness to put myself out there. Yeah. That was beautifully said, man. I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy what we've come to in today's society where we put so much focus on followers and likes and, and all this engagement, but is it truly engagement? You know, to me, getting a message from somebody that says you changed me or inspired me in some way is worth more than 10,000 likes, worth more than a million views. Like like you said, that means nothing in, in, unless you're actively creating change for people. Um, so that's but it's hard, though, because, you know, it's I don't know if it's just like our our nature, our psychology to get these dopamine hits when we when we see that somebody likes our photo or you know, and, and we completely dismiss the fact that, that it may not actually impact them at all, but it's just like these, we see these numbers piling up. So 
I really respect that you said that about people just sharing their message, just the passion that you have and and what you want to say, just go out there and share it. And if it's good and if it comes from a good place inside of your heart, you know, it will affect the people who, who truly need to see it. So, yeah. uh, And and I, I think we can, we can reprogram a dopamine a little bit, you know, our, our our brains are our brains and I'm not going to try to fight that, but uh, I think, I think the word you use impact is really important to me. And, uh, I would much rather talk about impactors and influencers. And so if, if you look at it as, as my goal is to get people to take actual change, which I, I think is such an exciting thing if you can do it, that I think your dopamine hits should be triggered by, you know, like, like for me, you know, my, my mom is not a vegan, but she's moving in that direction. And I set her up on Instagram and I, I taught her how to take pictures of her food and she makes vegan food and posts pictures of it to Instagram. And I get a, a huge dopamine hit off of that because that that's real. That's change in her life that I can see that she's now sharing. Yeah. And I, I sure, all have people like that in our lives. And so maybe it's not about how many likes it's about getting some really good likes from some people who you really think you can help uh, make their lives better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Couldn't agree more. What's been the most rewarding part of your job? I think you kind of covered it a little bit there, but um, maybe just go into a little bit more into the actual film industry side of things. Yeah, I think the the most rewarding part for me has been really, uh, really seeing how much good I can do by by bringing some of these, uh, for lack of a better word, like commercial tactics to. Uh, to the plant-based movement. And I, I think for the longest time, you know, vegans sort of asked for a discount, you know, like, Hey, I made this burger and it doesn't quite taste the way that I want it to taste, but you know, it's, it's good for the planet. So you should eat it. Yeah. And, um, and now, now like the coolest food is coming out of the plant-based space and the most interesting musicians are plant-based and the most impactful YouTubers are, are talking about, what they eat and mindfulness and you know athletes who want to be the best athletes are doing this and i think uh, just like all these other spaces are transforming the media space needs to transform also and so as one of the first people in there i, I kind of got to see on the on the ground level like hey what if we what if we treated these shoots on a professional level what if we took somebody who's doing a great youtube and said hey let's let's bring this next level production value to it or this next level of storytelling. Uh, and then, and then seeing these people uh, take off, you know, cause it's not, it's not about you have to run every project with me. It's about, can I sit down with you, talk with you for an hour and then help you make your work better. And that's what I love. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Um, so, okay. What's your favorite production to date that you've done? Yeah, so I, I think High Cuisine is is my favorite um, of all. Yeah, that's, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that, that was a, a 10 episode series we did for Verizon Go 90. Uh, gave us a, a decent budget. I think it was the biggest plant based show ever made at that point. Wow. Uh, definitely the biggest plant based cooking competition show. And uh, for, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, the idea was two really amazing professional chefs come in and we built this incredible studio set 
And before they go and cook, uh, they both got really high. <laughs> and then they come out and we give them fun, weird cooking challenges. And uh, we, we treated it with a lot of respect. You know, this is not about laughing at people who can't function. This is about incredible artists being given the freedom and the space to try things that might be brilliant and might fail miserably. And uh, working with the chefs was incredible. And also being able to make the show uh, not, not accidentally plant-based, but uh, every time somebody from the network said, we don't do plant-based shows here, uh, I could say, well, this isn't a plant-based show. This is a, a show about chefs cooking weird dishes. We just don't happen to have any animal products on set. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, if anyone who's listening hasn't checked it out yet, where can they find that at? Uh, so you can find uh, one of the episodes on our website, uh, pollution.tv, and then uh, Go90 actually shut down recently. So we're trying to find a forever home. And some someday, you know, the dream is still to find a network and do another season or two or three seasons. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing to see. Definitely very entertaining. So uh, be on the lookout for that, guys, for sure. Asher, do you ever see a fully vegan storyline making its way into Hollywood, like a big production? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, and, and again, I, I think it's just looking at these demographic shifts. You know, I, I spent uh, three or four months traveling around with Genesis Butler, who's a 12-year-old mm. vegan activist. She's the youngest person to ever do a TEDx talk. She's the, the grandniece of activist Cesar Chavez. Uh, and she, she goes around the world talking about animals and veganism and how to talk to kids about these things. And uh, the, the first time I talked to her, you know, I was like, oh, it must be so rough. You know, when I was a kid, you know, it was such an existential crisis. And when I went vegetarian, my mom cried because she thought I was going to die. And my, my friends thought I was the weirdest person ever. And, you know, it took me so long to come to terms with it. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, I just do it. You know, it's the thing. And and I, I realized that, that I have a lot of hang-ups about what a big deal changing your diet is that a lot of younger people now don't have. It's just, you know, the same way they don't smoke cigarettes or throw trash out of their car windows. Uh, they don't eat food that hurts them and hurts the planet. And yeah. and, I, and I think it's it's quickly becoming normalized in a way that uh, culture hasn't quite caught up with, but, but will. And, and I think there's going to be a time very, very soon when we look back at how we've eaten with a lot of shame. And uh, we look at people like Genesis who have been fighting since the beginning uh, with a lot of pride in, in knowing that she got there before we did. Yeah. So you think that the, the normalization of this lifestyle is just going to keep growing. So eventually there will be um, kind of themed movies and stuff like that. That'll be making its way into the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I, th I think we're, we're quickly reaching the inflection point, you know, like, again, like I, I try to, I try to be very warm and inviting and I think plant-based eating is for everybody. And I don't think you have to be perfect. Um, and I, I think doing a little is much better than doing nothing, but but at the same time, I look at people feeding, you know, bacon to their children, and you know, the World Health Organization called bacon a carcinogen, 
you know, in the same category as asbestos and tobacco. And I, I think there will be a time when we look back and say, hey, that's not how we need to treat our children. That's not yeah. Really it. Yeah, and we're starting to luckily make some progress in that. I know recently the all the New York public schools banned uh, processed meat, yeah. bacon, ham, um, sausage, which is yeah. it's an incredible win. So it's it's definitely it's definitely we're we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there slowly but surely, one win yeah. at a time. Well, quick, quickly but surely. I mean, I, I've been doing this yeah. for over twenty years, and it's really the last five that that have had most of the the change in the world. You know, I mean, mm. it's social media. I think it's. Companies like Beyond Meat, I think it's content creators finding their voice, uh, but it's fast. I really yeah, it. yeah. Actually, no, you're right. I would agree that it it has. Um, I've been vegan about seven years. The first couple of years, it just it still seemed like there was no hope, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to be living kind of in this isolated world for the rest of my life." And then in the last, like you said, few years, it's just you know become mainstream. Everybody knows what it is now. Yeah. And and that was the first step. When I went vegan, most people still didn't know what the word vegan was. I didn't know what vegan was when I went vegan. So yeah, yeah you're right. I, I stand corrected. It, it is quickly, surely, but quickly. Yeah, not, not quick enough, but, but quick. Yeah. <laughs> Could always be quicker. Yeah. So besides um, your productions that you do for, for these amazing companies who are making change in the world. Um, you've also been a part of hosting some amazing events, uh, like vegan prom and recently a, a dog runway show. Talk about your involvement with those and maybe any future events in the works. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, I, I think one of my overall missions is to really highlight the party side of, of veganism. Uh, and I, I think for me for so long being vegan meant, giving things up. It meant distancing myself at the dinner table. It meant uh, stepping away from some of my cultural traditions. And it was a little bit isolating. And now with social media and with the rise of plant-based events, it's actually flipped. And now a lot of my social life, a lot of my friends, a lot of my community comes from people who are mission aligned on eating. And so, so I'm always excited for any opportunity to have an event um, that will do that and will also help drive awareness for nonprofits that I love. So the, the Vegan Prom is an event that we hosted two years in a row. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the Humane League, year one, Moby DJ. And it was just three or 400 people were dressed up, we're eating vegan food, we're dancing, and we're just celebrating that we all care about what we eat. And the Rescue Dog Runway Show was like that too. It was um, uh, uh, sponsored by Wild Earth, a plant-based dog food company, and then in partnership with a really amazing found animals nonprofit. And again, the idea of we're stronger when we're together. So let's get all these people who believe that animals should be treated well and believe that animals should eat well. Let's get them all in one space and let's say, hey, this is a community. We need to support each other. We need to be loud together. And and it'll be fun. You know, no, nobody's asking to give anything up. Yeah. That sounds really fun, man. I got to, I got to make my way out to LA, get to some of these events. <laughs> yeah, please, please. We do a big, uh, vegan potluck the Saturday before Thanksgiving. You should nice. come out for that one. 
Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, the, the, the vegan movement here in Pittsburgh is, is growing. Um, and we have more events, you know, we recently had a a screening of game changers and we have a lot of good activism here in the city as well. Um, so forming that community is so important. Um, you know, sometimes I do get jealous seeing some of the, the big events out in LA, you know, you got like the, I know like the expo West and and stuff like that. Um, kind of highlighting some of these huge brands but then you know you look at stuff like like vegan prom and and those just sound like so much fun and and such an um amazing chance for people to just be able to connect in this community because a lot of people can feel isolated when they go vegan i think it's really important for anyone who's listening i've said this multiple times before but go out and and look up there's meetups look up there's events and and go to them and and make friends and talk with people who are in this lifestyle because we all understand how you feel, you know, we're all doing this together and, yeah. and together we, we make a bigger impact and we are more powerful. Yeah. So I think that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Man. And, um, and go on Instagram. Like the yeah. Instagram is the biggest vegan community in human history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time I, I posted a picture of a, a sandwich that I ate and I said, I ate vegan food today. And people actually said, that's great. And they, they liked and they commented and, you know, it's like, oh, like there are people out there who want to support me. Yeah. I, I try to do as much work as I can supporting other people on Instagram. You know, even, even if you're the only person in your town, uh, you can be friends with, with people all over the world who believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I was just recently at the vegan camp out in the UK and I got to meet so many people that I connected with on Instagram and meet them in real life yeah. and actually form, you know, in-person genuine friendships. Um, so the uh, internet's amazing, man. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, we can connect in so many ways on there. So yeah, that's amazing though. Um, what's your favorite spoo- uh, food spot in LA and what do you get there? Yeah. So, so I, um, I like, I like the, the big, big burgers that photograph well on Instagram. I think when, when I'm at home, I'm mostly whole foods plant-based, but when I'm going out, I want big, I want sloppy. My, uh, my friend Sarkis is the chef at this place called S Toto. And they're, they're right down the street from us in the arts district in LA. And they, they do this burger that is a beyond patty, an impossible patty, beyond sausage, follow your heart, cheese, and then like five layers of veggie and you, you can grab it in your hand and, and, and you look at it and you're like, this is what vegan food looks like. And uh, you're really good about activism. <laughs> wow. That sounds incredible. I need this in my life. <laughs> That's just like all the, all the vegan meats and cheeses in, in one. I think, is that the one you posted? I saw you posted a, a picture of a burger recently on your Instagram. I don't know if that was the one. but Yeah, that, that was a... That was a small uh, version of it. They, they do kind of to-go versions, but the, the big version you kind of have to eat there because it's it's a two-hander. Yeah, it definitely looks like it. That's amazing. So aside from all your amazing accolades in the film industry and then these events that you're throwing, you're also the co-founder of Switch for Good, which is a campaign that is basically the opposite of Got <laughs> Milk. Um, <laughs> what was the motivation to start that initiative? Yeah, so... Uh, uh, got milk was actually the, the motivation. So, uh, Dotsie Bausch is a good friend of mine. She was one of the stars of Game Changers. Uh, she was a, a silver medal winning Olympic cyclist. She's plant based activist. And she was sitting on her couch watching uh, the lead up to the Winter Olympics. Uh, and there was a uh, Got Milk campaign featuring Olympians, and it said, 
nine out of ten Olympians grew up drinking cow's milk. And and I, I think she like threw her shoe at the television at that point because Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of us grew up drinking cow's milk because we didn't know any better, but we don't drink it now because it's not a health food. And so she she came to me and she said, I want to do something. I want to show that there are so many athletes out there who are dropping dairy as a performance issue. And uh, we want to form a coalition. And uh, we started with a, a broadcast commercial that aired during the clothing ceremonies of the Winter Olympics. Oh, wow. Eight Olympic athletes saying, I'm an Olympian and I don't drink dairy. Uh, and, that, and it was amazing. I don't think anything like that had ever been on television before. And, uh, we actually uh, were supposed to air it across the country, but it aired on the East Coast, and then the network pulled it, I assume, because they got pushed back from their um, milk sponsors. Mm, I'm so, sure. So we, we knew, okay, we have, we have something here. And I think for athletes especially, it's been very stigmatized to talk about your diet, and it's hard to take a stand when there's so much money coming in from meat, from dairy, from fast food. So having an organization existing to support these athletes, to support uh, people all over the world who want to perform better, whether it's you know going up the stairs or joining a 10K or competing in the NFL, whatever level you're at, uh, you can do better by dropping dairy from your diet. And so having athletes, having doctors, uh, having this coalition of people supporting each other and saying, we're going to look at the science, we're going to listen to personal stories, and we're going to make our voices very loud. Uh, I think it was a, a really needed thing. And we chose dairy because, number one, 65% of the people in, in the U.S. are lactose intolerant. Mm, they, yeah. they can't can't digest dairy to begin with. And number two, uh, we didn't want you to say you have to be vegan, you have to join this movement, you have to do all these things. Uh, we want to make this really accessible. So if, you, if you're if you a sprinter and you want to run faster and uh, you stop drinking cow's milk and your, your lungs clear up a little bit, you know, this is a, a coalition for you. And if you're a, a weightlifter and you know your stomach rumbles after you, you eat and you're wondering how you could perform, if you... If you didn't do that, this is this is for you. And if you're worried about cancer and you're worried about getting proper nutrition and you want to see what doctors who aren't sponsored by da- the dairy industry will say, then this is a coalition for you as well. And um, I think people listen to athletes in a way they don't listen to experts. And our job is to help these athletes become experts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great initiative. It honestly is. So uh, I appreciate your your work and, and getting that up and running because I think it's it's incredibly needed, especially when people, you know, like me grew up seeing the got milk and yeah. thinking that it was necessary, normal and healthy. Yeah. And then, you know, realizing now that it's not and just realizing, whoa, there's so much marketing and, and pressure that it's put on, you know, these events like the Olympics or schools to advertise um, these products that are just absolutely not necessary for health. And and I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that over 65% of people are lactose intolerant. I, I tell those people all the time, I mean, like, if that doesn't say that we're not supposed to be, you know, consuming this product, I don't know what will. It just seems, from a logical standpoint, it just seems a little absurd that, you know, we as humans drink the 
<laughs> the milk of another species that is meant to grow a baby calf into yeah. a full-grown cow. Yeah. So yeah. And, and to grow them but, really, really fast. Yeah. There's a lot of science coming out on the link between cow's milk and cancers, and it's because cow's milk is full of growth hormones aimed at turbocharging the growth of a calf. But if, if you're not trying to put on 600 pounds in a really short period of time, well, those growth hormones can potentially have a lot of... Uh, a lot of cancerous repercussions. Mm, yeah. And, and people know that and they say, well, I know, but I was told I need it. You know, that's, that's how, that's how deep the marketing goes. Like, you know, it's mm, killing yeah. you, but, but you, you don't know what to do because you, you were told, well, I got to have my three glasses a day. Yeah. Well, it's crazy too. Even, uh, I work at a brewery and, and even yesterday I, um, I was serving someone and they had ordered a dish that had dairy on it. And after I cleared the table, they, I saw there was a, a like a little open packet uh, and it was a, a dairy digestive packet. And I thought to myself, like, it's, it's, it just seems absurd to me that, that something upsets you so much that you can't digest it, that, that you need to eat this pill or this supplement to actually digest it. Like, why wouldn't you just get rid of it? I mean, not only for the fact that you can't digest it, but for the, for the pure fact that it's just a very unethical product as well. And I know most people don't know that, but it just, even just the fact that you can't digest it and you're having to take this pill, I mean, it just seems so unnatural. So, yeah, yeah I, I do a lot of work with um, Dr. Milton Mills, uh, part of the Physicians Committee on Responsible Medicine, and he refuses to refer to dairy as a food. You know, mm. It's a substance, it's a chemical, you know, but it's not, it's not a food in any way. Yeah. Because foods are things that you eat and give you value. Yeah. What are, what are some of your good alternative dairy brands that people can try? Maybe some of your favorites. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm blown away by, by how many, how many there are, you know, I, I am for, for me, the, you know, the, the plant milk came pretty quickly. You know, I've always liked soy milk and, you know, having oat milk is just a bonus, but the, the cheeses, the cheeses took a long time, you know, for, for years and years, plant-based cheeses were not good at all. And now the stuff that Miyoko's is doing, that Follow Your Heart mm. is doing, yeah. uh, they're just fantastic cheese. And you're like, okay, that was that was the last excuse. Yeah. Uh, so so let's let's jump in. You know, and if you if you can't give up cheese, then give up everything except for cheese. Like that that shouldn't be a, a reason to not do anything. Yep. Yeah. I always say, if you can't do everything, don't do nothing, do something. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah. Give up at least, you know, if you, if you can't give up cheese, give up milk, give yeah. up, you know, butter. I don't know. Yeah. Start somewhere. Or give up, give up bad cheese. You know, if you're sitting there saying, you know, I, I just love a, a great cheese every now and then we're like, well, why are you eating processed cheese food slices? Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I think uh, one of the big failings of the vegan movement is that we've made it feel really exclusive and, uh, and it, it shouldn't be. And I was at a, a party the other day and somebody came up to me and he's like, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. I love your work. Uh, but you might, you're going to hate me. I'm, I'm a pescatarian. And, uh, mm. and I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're, you're somebody who is, you care so much about what you eat that you've made this big change in your life. And uh, to me, we have so much in common. You know, the, the biggest thing, we both understand that what we eat 
impacts ourselves and impacts our planet. And, you know, maybe we're on different stages of our journey on which, which things we want to consume, but we're, we're both on the same team. And, uh, this idea that, that I can't be your friend because you don't do every single thing that I do, I, I think has been so harmful. And, and I'm glad that we're starting to move away from it as a, as a culture. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, man. Definitely. I think we need to support people who are making changes because it often doesn't happen overnight. So uh, we should encourage these people for sure. Uh, so touching back on on the Switch for Good campaign, you mentioned you know some of the the people who were in the Game Changers. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen the yeah. film. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I, I love it. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan. Um, I worked with Luis Hoyos, the director, on some Switch for Good stuff. I know a lot of those athletes, and I, I think I, I think we're going to look back at Game Changers as one of those pivotal moments when when everything started to fall into place because you. Mm. You look at these athletes and they don't have an agenda. You know, they're not, they're not doing this because they want to save animals. They're not doing it because they hate hunters. They're doing it because if you're a pro football player, any small advantage you can get will make a huge impact on your career. And changing your diet is a huge advantage. Uh, you recover faster. You can play longer, you can do all, all these things that have really important impacts. And I think, you know, Tom Brady is mostly vegan during the football season. Uh, yeah. If you, if you want to grow up and be big and strong and play football, well, why don't you eat what Tom Brady eats or what Kendrick Ferris eats or uh, Derek Morgan from the Titans eats? And uh, because you can measure these results, I think – we're seeing this wave of athletes making the switch to predominantly plant-based diets because they can see their, their competitors are getting an advantage. And you know, 20 years ago, baseball players used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. Um, mm. 10 years ago, nobody would ever think of doing yoga or flexibility work. And, and now, now this is just a thing that we have to do. And uh, I, I do a lot of work with Leilani Winter, who's a plant-based race car driver and, she, she talks about how much science goes into the fuel that goes into her race car. Like every, every single molecule is accounted for because an engine is a very complicated piece of machinery and you need it to run as best it can. And our, our bodies are, are so much more infinitely complicated and you can't replace them if the engine burns out. And so of course we should put in food that's as carefully crafted and, uh, you know, there's a saying, it's not about the protein, it's about how the protein is delivered. And we want mm. clean protein, get it from plants in as simple a form as you can. You know, uh, I, I did a, I did a, a show with David Carter, who's a, a former NFL player. And he talks about, you know, if you're getting your protein from steak and you're a 300 pound guy where well, you're eating five or six steaks a day, yeah. You know, you're, you're getting the, the protein number you want, but you're getting five or six times the fat, the cholesterol, the, the hormones, and that that just crushes you. You know, football players die in their 40s from old man diseases in large part because they're overloading on all these foods that are not are not good ways to take fuel and protein in. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I, I agree with you, man. I think this is definitely, for lack of better words, going to be a game changer um, in the vegan movement. So I'm excited to, I'm excited when it, I believe it's supposed to come on Netflix. Um, so I'm excited to see when it kind of hits the mainstream in a very easy and accessible way. And, and hopefully inspires, especially some of the young men yeah. um, around the world who can be a little bit more stubborn. But I think having um, an athlete's perspective is very, very impactful. Like you said, people tend to, you know, take, take the, the credit of an athlete sometimes over, over a doctor or, you know, maybe a, some scientific facts or whatever it may be. We, we look up to these people and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be super powerful. And, and you know, one, one of the things that I love about your podcast, um, is that I think we're in the midst of this redefinition of what it means to be manly. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I think manly means, you take care of people around you. You take care of yourself. You make smart decisions about the food you ingest. You know, you are compassionate in a way that shows that you care about yourself and this planet. And, uh, you know, a manly athlete is one who really eats intentionally. And that, you know, like a Nima Delgado, you know, the, the bodybuilder, uh, who's never eaten meat. You know, he's one of the manliest people that I know, and he's also one of the most compassionate because mm. you know, th- those two things go so hand-in-hand hand to me. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, Nima's a, Nima's a great guy, and you can just tell that he very much embraces uh, you know, the feminine energy as well, but I think that's, that is what makes him so manly is that he stands up so proud for, for what he believes and you know, is so compassionate towards others. And I think just like you said, you know, um, being able to, being able to help others, especially those that are beneath you or don't have a voice, lifting up others, um, being there for the people who need you. I think that is what being manly is about. There's nothing, there's nothing manly or masculine or powerful than taking advantage of others that can't help themselves. So yeah, I, I think that the, the stereotype is, is definitely backwards, but unfortunately, um, men have been played into this marketing scheme their whole lives since, since we've been young, that we need to eat meat, that we need to hunt, that we need to fish and, and all these things. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's just been a ploy to, to make money for, for companies. And I think that the true values of what a man is, um, are, are definitely like we talked about compassion and we're going to start seeing that more. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And it, there's nothing manly about dying of a heart attack because you didn't pay attention to your diet. You know? Right. Right. Like being there for your family, you know, like if you, if you think of being manly as providing, like how are you going to be able to provide if your health mm-hmm. is declining from eating these foods? You know, yeah. I, I shot so. a video with Kevin Smith um, but before his heart attack and after his heart attack. And, oh, wow. And after his heart attack, he, you know, he went vegan and he went vegan because, you know, not, not to speak for him, but, but he has an amazing family and he wants to be there for his family and uh, putting his dietary, you know, I like eating X, Y, Z, putting that over. I like spending time with my family and I want to be alive for them. was was a, was not a thing he would ever contemplate. And, he understood that you know he has to take care of himself so that he can be there for his amazing family. Yeah, it's very powerful. Where do you see veganism in twenty years, and what would you like to accomplish personally towards the movement in that time? Yeah, I think I think in twenty years, plant based is going to be 
the defaults. Um, I don't I don't know if we're going to get a hundred percent with every single person, but I think the way we're living now is unsustainably uh, it's unsustainable, and it it's making us sick. It's being incredibly cruel to animals and to other people, and it is destroying the planet. Um, I, I did some work with Joseph Poor, uh, uh, Dr. Joseph Poor at Oxford University, uh, and he talked about how if you're a typical American meat eater, 30 to 50 percent of your greenhouse gas emissions comes from the animal products that you're eating. Forty mm. percent uh, of the Earth's land surface is animal agriculture. And it's it's incredibly unsustainable. And in 20 years, we will not be eating like that because we won't have a planet if we're still eating like that. And so what I would like to achieve, you know, I know we're going to end up there, but I would like to get there without having to go through all the, the bad things that uh, a warming planet will bring to us. So, so can yeah. we get there sooner? And even a, a few years sooner could have a really major impact on the, the future of our planet and uh, the future of the people that, that I care about. Yeah. Let's hope, man. Let's hope that in 20 years that, that, that is there, that we do avoid these potential catastrophic consequences of continuing this lifestyle. Um, and I think that it will, it will come to a point where it just, there will be no other option. So, um, let's just, you know, maybe hope that people kind of come to that on their own conclusion rather than, you know, having to deal with repercussions. So, yeah. And, and, uh, the great thing about, about changing your diet is that it's something that everybody can do right away. And, and that was the theme of our campaign with Genesis. You know, she's 12 years old. Uh, it's gotta be tough being a kid and being told the planet's in trouble. What, you know, we got to do things. And, you know, as a 12 year old, it's hard to change climate policy you know, you can't necessarily ask your parents to change their driving habits. You don't really control all the purchases in your family, but you can change your diet and drop your emissions almost in half overnight. And that, that's something that even, even, even a, you know, even, even I can do it, even you can do it, even uh, any person at any age can do. And if you do a little bit of it, you make a little bit of a difference. If you do a lot of it, you make a lot of a difference. And, uh, yeah. For those of us that feel a little bit hopeless sometimes, that's the place to start. And the great thing about activism is once you start doing it, it becomes easier to do more and to do bigger things and you find communities. But, but if you want to start somewhere, eat a, eat a Beyond Burger instead of a, a hamburger. And congratulations, you made a difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have that choice three times a day. Yeah. So even if you only make it one out of three, the three times it's, it's still a difference, like you said. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Well, man, I want to uh, wrap it up here. going to ask maybe a, a more fun question. Um, cause sometimes I feel like talking about the world ending in this and that can be a little <laughs> somber, but, um, all right. If you knew the world was, well, <laughs> this is actually a funny question that I just mentioned that, but if you knew the world was ending in three days, uh, how would you spend the rest of your weekend? Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm not always perfect at this, but I, I actually I try to live my life as close to that as possible because mm. the the only thing that we have of any value is time. And even even if, if we go vegan and exercise and live as long as we can, we'll we'll never have as much time as as we would like to have. And 
And so, so I think for me, uh, being present, being surrounded by people that I care about, doing things that I think will make a difference, and then uh, I, I like to I like to spend time in nature and in my garden and uh, hanging out with trees. And I, I definitely would take a break from social media if I only had three days left in the world. I, I don't think I need to Instagram it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so nothing crazy, more or less just kind of being present and, uh, enjoying what's been around us the whole time for the last three days that you have it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, uh, we're, we're so blessed to be in this moment in history, uh, when we can breathe the air, we can drink the water, when we can have fresh fruits and vegetables from, from all over the world at any time of the year. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have a lot of privilege you know I, I can go for a run and not worry about things that people in other places have to worry about but and i yeah. try to really really appreciate that you know it's a beautiful day outside and, and i can go enjoy it yeah well said man well said for sure uh, one more time where can people follow you and your work yeah so instagram is the way to go uh my handle is smasher brown and it's a mix of fun projects I'm working on and pictures of plant-based sandwiches. Perfect. Any last words for the listeners? Uh, we're all activists and getting out there and taking a picture of your food, getting out there and supporting somebody who is trying to make a change, uh, making a small change in your life. All these things add up and doing them in a public way lets other people see that this isn't a, a fringe movement. This is everybody and they look like everyone because we are everyone. And uh, it's going to take a lot of us and we're all going to have to push and whatever, whatever direction you want to push in, this is a good time to get off the couch and start doing it. Asher, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you being here. It was great to hear your insight. Um, and, Definitely keep throwing those awesome uh, LA events because I will be at one at some point for sure. They sound amazing. Hit so. me up next time around this place. Love to hang out. Definitely. All right, man. We will talk soon. Thanks so much. All right. Look forward to it. All right. Later. Guys, you did it. Welcome to the other side. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. If you enjoyed the content of this show, don't forget to please leave me a rating and review on iTunes and share this show with a family member or a friend, somebody you think would also find value in this content. If you guys want to stay up to date with me and what I'm doing, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter for a chance to win some awesome prizes, giveaways, and just stay in the know. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.